0: Lord Jesus, again we thank you that you've saved us. You've brought us close to yourself. Lord, we thank you that you live in our hearts by faith. And we live in you, we move in you, we have our being in you. And we love everything that you've done for us. We love where you brought us from where you brought us to and also Lord where we move in toward that final place where we will live with you forever we thank you Jesus and we praise you today in this place we thank you that this is our home we are your family you've created this family we haven't created it you've created it And we thank you for that. You brought us from all different places, all different parts, different cultures. And you've made us a family. We thank you. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. You may be seated. Let's show our appreciation for our musicians. What a great way they've served us this morning. Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Well, we were down Barry Beach yesterday. I don't know if you can notice I caught the sun. Nice and red. Ruby red. Yeah, we had a brilliant time soaking in the rays. But uh, it's great, you know, just to meet together and to be together and to be a family together. It really is just to see what Jesus is doing among us. And the fact that he is with us and he never leaves us or forsakes us is everything. That's, I tell you now, that is our security in the days in which we live. It really is. You know, without that security, I don't know about you, but there would be a lot to be afraid about. There would be a lot to be concerned about. But for us to be secure in that promise, knowing that he's with us, is everything. It means everything. You know, this morning I was just um, thinking about what to bring and what to say. And um, we've been looking at Romans chapter 12, that one little verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God is for your life. We've been looking at that and I was thinking over that this week. And on Friday, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, he said, this to it's all going to be about freedom. He said, I'm going to set people free. Now, only he can do that. Nobody else can do that. There's no person on the face of this earth that can set you free. From the predicaments of life and the circumstances of life and the conditions that you find yourself in. Other than Jesus. Jesus said, I have come, in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. In that chapter, he talks about a thief that comes to steal, to kill and to destroy us. And of course, we know that that is the devil. The devil comes to steal from you, comes to steal from me, comes to kill and destroy what God has destined us to have. But Jesus tells us clearly that he's come that we might have life and life more abundantly. He doesn't want us to live a restricted life, a confined life, an imprisoned life. And so often it's very easy for us to feel restricted Feel imprisoned, feel bound up by life. Jesus, knowing this, came into our world and comes into our day today and says, Listen, I've come to set you free. I've come to set you free. Are areas today in your life that you feel bound by? Are there reoccurring thoughts in your mind that always bring you back to a captive place? A place that you can't set yourself free from. A place where you feel inhibited. A place where you feel insecure. Where you feel fearful. Are are there areas in your life today where, you know, you, you try to go beyond them, but every time you try to go beyond them, you get resisted. And you fall back into your old ways. You fall back into those old ruts that you've always lived in. I'm telling you now, if there are, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel condemned about it. Don't feel guilty about it. Jesus has come to set us free. He really has. There are areas in all of our lives that we could look at and we could say, Do you know what? I've worked on that area. I've tried to improve that area. And I'm back to square one. You know, maybe over weeks and months you improve a little and then something happens and then you revert back to default and you're back to square one again. Listen, we all know that there's areas in our lives like that. But when Jesus sets you free, when Jesus comes and he touches that area of your life, what is unfruitful suddenly becomes wonderfully, abundantly fruitful. And that's how you know it's the work of his hand. When you can't change an area of your life and then suddenly Jesus comes and he just comes by suddenly and and, and he just touches that area and you haven't prayed for him to come. You haven't fasted, you haven't gone through this big rigorous sort of list of disciplines. Suddenly he just walks by and kindly sets you free and that area that was so unproductive suddenly becomes wonderfully abundantly productive. You know that Jesus has touched you. You know that Jesus has set you free when that happens. He's done that to me in my life lots of times. When I look back, he set me free from lots of things. And, you know, sometimes I've been walking down the road of life trying to overcome. Trying to beat something that's beating me. And it's a losing battle. And then suddenly Jesus comes by. And he just touches you and you're free. You haven't prayed for it. You haven't sought him about it. In fact, you've done nothing. It's just a mundane day where it seems as if nothing spiritual has happened. And then in a moment, Jesus comes and something that's been plaguing you for years dissolves and goes and is no more a reality in your life. There was one such occasion in my life where I had a condition over my eyes. And it was like my, my, um, my, my eyelids w- would get very dry to the point that, that the skin would crack and, and it would bleed. And you know, I went to the doctor and the doctor said to me, he said, listen, he said, it's because, he said, it's because of stress in your life. And I didn't know how to beat that. I didn't know how to set myself free from that. I tried lots of different things. And in the end, he gave me this cream. It was a steroid cream. I've still got it. I keep it as a testimony in the cupboard. Every now and then, I get it out and have a little look at it. And uh, I had I had that that issue of stress and that condition on my skin for maybe... I don't know. It was maybe like six, seven years. It was a, it was, uh, it was a long time. First of all, it came, it came out on my on my face as a rodent ulcer. The stress inside came out as on my on my face as a rodent ulcer. I got that in Swansea. Surgery. They took it off. It was it was like uh, skin cancer, and I thought, oh, fine. Doctor said to me, he said, do you know why you had that rodent ulcer? I said, why? He said, because of stress. Well, we got it cut off. Then I got a, I got a few warts on my hands. Went to the doctor. I said, oh, I, got, I got warts on my hands. He said, you know why that is, don't you? I said, why? He said, stress. And then, the, I, you know, the warts went. Managed to get rid of those. And then I got this condition on my eyes, you see. You see, you can deal with the symptom, but if you don't touch the source, it's going to keep coming back. You can deal with the symptom today, but if you don't rip the root out, you're going to get that thorny old bush coming up and manifesting itself year after year after year. Jesus doesn't deal with the symptoms, He doesn't just cut the root off. He doesn't just, you know. Get rid of the rodent ulcer and, and, you know, get rid of the wart or, 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 or get rid of, you know, the, the, the skin condition for a moment of time. He, he, he takes the thing out by the roots. And I had this skin condition. I'm putting this cream on. And, and I, one, one night, one, I think it was a Wednesday night. I was, all the, all the kids were out. Faye was out. And I was just sat on the bed in the bedroom. And suddenly, Jesus came. He just came by. That's, that's the only way that I can describe it. It was like he just came in and out and he was gone. And I know he's with us all the time. But there was a moment, just, just a moment, where I be, Suddenly, for, for seconds, I became aware of him. Right? Seconds, I became aware. And he was, he was there and he was gone. And, and the stress was removed. I wasn't, you know, shaking and doing all weird stuff and barking on the floor. Not that that can't happen. It can. It can. But that didn't happen to me. He was there and he wasn't there. And suddenly the stress was gone. My eyes, my skin condition was healed. And I was set free. Simple as that. Simple as that. Absolutely as simple as that. We were in Connect Group this week, and um, somebody was just sharing a similar story. And uh, they said, yeah, when I came to the church, do you know what? I was drinking uh, Jack Daniels every day, and I was on 18 fags a day, and I couldn't give it up. And one day I walked down, but I'd accepted Jesus into my heart. One day I walked down the stairs into the living room, looked at the bottle of Jack Daniels, and thought, do you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I, I I threw the. I, he said I had 18 fags. He said I, I'd had two in the night in bed. And he said, I looked at my fags. He said, they went out of the window. He did, I didn't have any patches. And, and the Jack Daniels went in the bin. Suddenly, I was entering into a new life. Jesus had set me free just like that. Didn't pray. Didn't fast. Didn't, you know, try to go through any program. Not that there's anything wrong with all of that stuff. But I'm telling you now. When Jesus comes by, when he just comes by, it can be on a Sunday, but it can be on a Wednesday night in your bedroom. It can be on the way to work in the car. You can be, you can be feeling an area of your life and you're just, you know, just it's like walking through mud, trudging through mud. Suddenly, he will set you free. In fact, Jesus said this in John 8, 36. He said, who the Son sets free... Is free indeed. Who the son sets free. Is free indeed. When Jesus sets you free. There's no going back to that old prison. There's no going back to that old. You know those old mechanisms of stress. When he sets you free. You are free indeed. You are not being ruled over anymore. You're ruling what was once ruling you. Because Jesus. Has set you free. You know, there's lots of people in the Bible. You can look at it. And when Jesus found them, this encourages me so much. When Jesus found them, their lives were in a terrible mess. In fact, in both Old Testament and New Testament, God never, ever found people that he used in a great condition. They, you know, you just look at it and it's, it's, the Bible is full of human wreckage. And you go in there and you see it and there's huge collisions and there's huge damage in people's lives and God turns up and he tells people how he's going to use them and they can't believe it because of all of the baggage they've got and all of the stuff that's happened and they've written themselves off and they feel worthless and weak and God comes in in a moment and he turns it all around and he changes them and he makes them brand new and all of the things that at once characterises them characterise them no longer characterises them, and they go on into everything that God has designed for them. Listen, it's the same with us, friends. Don't beat yourself up about the things that are hanging on your life from from an old history. Don't beat yourself up about the the restrictions that you're under. Don't, don't beat yourself up about that habit that you can't beat. Rejoice. Just keep rejoicing. Just keep thanking Jesus. I'm telling you, that thing is going to fall off your life. It's going to fall off your life. Because Jesus Christ gave his life for you he bled and died on a cross and he rose on the third day he seated at the right hand of the father all for you and me my friends I'm telling you now if he if he bled and died for us do you think he's going to leave us bound do you think he's going to leave us imprisoned do you think he's going to leave us under the heel of a habit that we can't break no way he died for us. He gave his blood for us. He loves us. He demonstrates. Bible says, he who did not spare his own son, talking about God. In Romans chapter 8, he, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give you all things? What is it you need? Do you need freedom from stress? You can have it. According to God's word, he'll freely give you. A life of peace instead of an anxious life that worries all the time. He'll help you. He knows why you're concerned. He he understands and sympathizes with you over the pressures and the concerns and the worries that come your way. But I'm telling you now, there's triumph over worry. There's triumph over anxiety. There's triumph over fear when Jesus comes by. He'll give you peace that'll give you victory and triumph over every circumstance of life he really will whom the sun sets free is free indeed and when when we are free when we live in this freedom of life we truly know and enter into what jesus talked about in john chapter 10 when he said i've come that you might have abundant life abundant life a life that is within you that doesn't run away and panic A life that is within you that enables you to be victorious. That enables you to be gracious. That enables you to to, to be strong and to reign over the problems of life. Problems will always be there. The crises of life will always be there. But I'm telling you now, the Spirit of God lives inside of us. Enables us to reign in life and be victorious. He really does. God never picks perfect people. He doesn't, because there are no perfect people. Do you know, I I once had a little budgie. His name was Joey. He was a lovely budgie. He was pale blue, a typical budgie. And um, I wanted a kestrel, a hawk, right? But uh, my mum bought me a budgie. She was a good mum. She still is a good mum. And I had this little budgie, Joey. And uh, I remember, I'll never forget. One day I opened the door of the cage. Because I wanted to let Joey out of the cage. I felt sorry for Joey. He was in his little cage going back and forth on his perch. He had a little swing in the middle. And he'd jump in. And he'd go on the little swing, Joey, and he'd go from one perch to another perch. And he'd go on his little swing, and then he'd go down on the floor and peck at the seeds. And that was his existence within the cage. That's all he'd do every day, every night. That's how he lived. But one day, I thought, let's open the, let's open the cage door. Let's see if Joey wants to come out. I opened the cage door. To my amazement, you know what? Joey didn't want to come out of the cage. Joey had grown content. Joey thought that there wasn't... I mean, I can't say this for certain because I don't know how a budgie thinks, right? But I'm guessing. It's a guess. But it looked to me as if Joey was happy to live within the confines of the cage because the cage was everything he knew. He climbed up the cage. You know, he'd do tricks in the cage. He'd go upside down in the cage. He'd, he'd, he'd hold on to the wires of the cage by his beak and hang there. He'd do all of these little performances in the cage, but his existence within, was within the cage. And one day, I opened the door and I thought, let's let Joey out of the cage. Come on, Joey. Joey wouldn't come out of the cage. He wouldn't. I left the door open for hours. Just wasn't interested. Didn't think that there was anything beyond that cage. I had to put my hand in to that cage, take hold of him, and then I just opened my hand up and I brought Joey into another world. And it was amazing to see. It was wonderful. Joey flew off my hand and suddenly he's flying around the room. He's on the curtain pole, he's on the cupboards, he's on the floor, he's on the table. He then he started to land on my head. The excitement of this bird whistling and squawking and squeaking. You could see it flying around, but it took my hand to go into that cage to take Joey out and to bring him into a new life into a new existence. Listen, it's a simple message, simple illustration. Jesus is going to do that with each one of us. He's going to take those areas of our life that seem so unproductive. He's going to take those areas of our life that seem so bound up, bound up by hurt, bound up by rejection, bound up by wrong choices, bound up by mistakes. Where It doesn't matter what it is. You know, there, there can be private things in our lives that we, we don't want anybody to touch. We don't want anybody to go near because they're so painful. Jesus, allow Jesus to go there, my friend, because he will not shame you. He will not hurt you. He, you can trust him with anything. Amen. And he'll, he'll put his hand in that cage. And he'll say, hey, Dave, come out into a bigger world, son. You weren't created to live in the confines of that. You weren't created, Dave, to live in the confines of that stress where it's affecting your body. You don't have to listen to all of those voices inside anymore, Dave. Come out of the cage, Dave. Soar like an eagle. Yes, doesn't it? It says we will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not grow faint. We will have wings as of eagles. We will rise up with wings as of eagles and soar on the life that God's destined us to have. Now, simple word this morning. He's going to put his hand in to those areas of our lives. And suddenly we're going to be free. Telling you, whether it happens here this morning or whether it happens here. It it happens out there in some, some place where you would least expect it mark my words i'm telling you now there's a new level of freedom coming to your life and i'm confident i'm confident about that for this reason because the bible says that every word of god is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses that's what it says a word can be established a word can be tested as sound through the mouth of two or three witnesses. So on Friday, I get this, just this little, still, small voice. Dave, Sunday morning's all going to be about freedom. That's what it's going to be about. It's going to be about freedom. Then Richard texts me um, last night. Wasn't it, Rich? Last night. Just give me this little text. And he said, Dave, where the spirit of the Lord is, There's freedom. What a coincidence. <laughs> Richard, I do, Rich, you don't ever text me, do you? You don't ever text me, Rich, do you? I think Jesus was telling him to text. Because God wants to establish something in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I'm telling you, he's all over it. He's all over it. You're not gonna live anymore under fear, under the heel of fear. You're not gonna live under depression. He doesn't want us to live under sickness. He doesn't want us to live with all of the baggage and all of the burdens that, that, that we carry. He's going to come by. And don't try to work your deliverance up. Don't try and beat that habit. You'll never beat it. You've tried to beat it for years. Just relax. Relax. And allow him and his goodness and his abundance just to wash it all away. Because that's what he does. Thank you, Lord. Paul the Apostle, as we know, an amazing man. He actually wrote over two thirds of the New Testament. And um, without going into it, you you can do a bit of research on on Paul and you will see that he was just this brilliant, brilliant man. not only, you know, an incredible intellectual, but, but also a man that, that did so many amazing things in the first century church and establishing it right across the world, really. Jesus used him in a mighty way. But do you know when God found Paul, he was bound up, completely bound up. And what I love is just the radical honesty of the Apostle Paul. You know, sometimes as Christians, we only like to show our strengths. But what I love about the Bible and the people in it is they're just so brutally honest about their sins, about their, 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 their mess-ups. The Bible is incredible. It doesn't just show the strengths of people. But it it takes you back to the beginnings of where God found people and the mess and the wreckage their lives were. So you find Paul in Romans chapter 7 saying this. He's having this terrible, terrible dilemma with himself. You could say that in Romans chapter 7 when you read about Paul, he's in a terrible prison. The guy is in terrible turmoil. He's, he's bound, he's... And this is a great... This is a, an amazing man that wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. An incredible guy. And, but in Romans chapter 7, he's bound up. Terribly bound up in a prison. To the point that he says this. The good things that I tried to do, I can't do. In fact... The good that I will to do, I can't do. And I, and I keep on doing bad things. The bad that I don't want to do, I actually end up doing. And you go through Romans chapter 7 and you just see that he's in this terrible struggle that he cannot set himself free. He's trying to set himself free. I'm riding up the mountain this week. And it's funny, you see, what God shows you just through the week to make you ready for a service like this i'm riding up and all of a sudden down the road comes this black ram and it sees me on my little bike with my little tights and my little backpack on and it gets really afraid and it scarpers and it tries to jump a fence and all of a sudden the horns of the ram get caught in the fence and then this ram just goes crazy trying to set itself free from this fence, and it, the struggle and the pain of this ram trying to get its horns out of being embroiled in that fence is is just awful to watch, but i can 't do anything for it you know i 've got no skills in taking a ram off a fence and then putting it in a field i wasn 't even going to you know try to do to try to do anything for it, so I listen, I had to ride on by i had I didn't want to see that little ram. Maybe I should have got Steve Forward. He would have known what to do. He's a good farmer. But I didn't I didn't have a clue what to do. But just up the road, my friend is a farmer on the mountain. And he would know what to do. He's a shepherd. But all I could do was ride on by. Do you know what? It's, it's awful when you see somebody... You know, they may have a habit, they may have a life addiction, they may have issues. For me, it was fear. For me, it was stress. And you know, many times I'd, I'd say to people, oh, I'm struggling with this. But many times, all they could do was walk on by. Even their best advice wouldn't cut it. Even their encouragements wouldn't do anything for this black hole that would just suck everything into it and spit it out and say, and say you're not conquering me. And then Jesus comes by. You see, you need the shepherd to come to that place where you're caught in, like that ram. Takes the ram off the fence, puts him back in the field, and he's free. No problem. And it's like that with life. It really is. Paul, I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to close. We're going to pray in a moment. Paul, like that ram caught in the fence in Romans chapter 7 is struggling, man, with all of these awful things inside that he just can't beat. He's getting beat up. If you're f- feeling bad and you want to be encouraged, read Romans chapter 7. You'll see that Paul was probably getting beat up a lot worse than you, you are. Struggling with all this stuff. And then suddenly, now here is the answer. To it all. At the end of Romans chapter 7, Paul cries out in absolute desperation. It's a moment that Jesus had been waiting for, you see. It's a moment where he had been waiting for, that he was waiting for Paul to arrive at. Paul cries out after this internal struggle, he says, Who? Who will deliver me from this? body of death, this awful place of life. And then suddenly he sees, he says, oh, Christ Jesus. He sees Jesus. He suddenly becomes free. You go into Romans 8 and you read of a man's life that is completely different. Now he's not looking at himself. Now he's relying on the new freedom that he's been given, that relationship And that life of the Holy Spirit. That God's destined for us all. Amen. Now right now. I know. If we made an appeal here this morning. Listen. I'd be the first out there. You could come and pray for me. Because there's areas in all of our lives. That we just need the Lord to release us in. And work on. But this morning I know. That. There are specific areas that God wants to help people in, right? And over the, over the last weeks, you may have been really struggling with issues in your life. It may be fear, maybe depression, maybe lots of things, maybe just relationships. It may be a whole host of things. I'm not, I was thinking about calling out people and just praying and laying hands on them. I'm not going to do that. Do you know what? I'm just going to let Jesus walk through. We're going to allow him just to walk through this place. And as we, as we stand and sing, let, if there's an area in your life that you just need setting free from, it could be loneliness. It could be emptiness. There's an area where you just feel empty. In life, you could feel... It could be meaningless there's a time i've said it lots of times there's a time in my life where i sat on the edge of my bed and i said i hate my life three times you know we're all at different places and if you if you're not at that place this morning and you're really strong then lift your hand up and say oh god you've made me strong thank you those who aren't strong today would you make them strong so let's join in prayer but I'm just going to ask the Lord now to come and do what only he can do. You may feel that there's no way forward in your future in certain areas. Oh, there is. There is. There wouldn't be any way forward if Jesus wasn't involved, but he's going to make it work for you. He's going to make it happen. And that thing that's come to destroy you is actually going to turn out for your good. He's going to work all things together for your good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. Let's stand up today. I'm going to pray for you. And he's going to set us free this morning only because he said he's going to do it. Lord Jesus, this morning we come to you and we're going to sing in a minute but Lord you know every area of our lives you know the burdens we bear you know the cares we carry you know the worries that we have in our mind you know the emotions that can get stirred up like a violent storm and we have no way within us to control that storm we have no way within us to calm that storm And then you stand in the middle of it and you say, peace, be still. And immediately there's peace. Immediately the storm has to cease because you have spoken. We've spoke many times to the storm. And it's got worse. But there's something about your voice, Jesus. There's something about your presence, Jesus, that makes the storm obey you. Lord, we ask you right now. I ask you right now. I know that you've said that you're going to set people free this morning. You spoke to Richard and said it too. So Holy Spirit, you are here. We just ask you to do it in your own way right now. Holy Spirit, right now, we lift our hands to you and expectantly, like little children, we come to you. Set us free in Jesus' name. Right now, Holy Spirit, just move here. Lord, we pray. Joy, we pray for joy, the joy of the Lord. The strength of the Lord. Right now, in the hearts of your people, the joy of the Lord is your strength. No more walking over double bent over by a burden inside. Lord, take that burden and let your people stand up in freedom. Put your hand in the cage, Lord Jesus, and bring us out of that cage and bring us into a whole new life, an abundant life of freedom. Let us soar like that eagle. Let us walk and run and not grow weary or faint. We ask it, In your name, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We sing to you, Lord, right now. We praise you, Jesus.